Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hey guys, Jackie Cation here. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites: JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Um, familypetancestry.com, thedorkforest.bandcamp.com, something on allthingscomedy.com, something else on, I don't know, SoundCloud. God knows. A lot of, lot, lot of websites. Main ones you gotta know, jackiecation.com, that's for merch, and my schedule, comedy schedule, and dorkforest.com, that's for a phone bonus, and, uh, I don't know, the player. There's a player on JackieCation.com. Plus, you can listen on iTunes, of course. You're probably downloading it. But the bonus is only on DorkForest.com. So I recommend uh, you check that out. Both of those have a donation button, you guys. You know about the donation button. It's where you press it, and then uh, I get money. If you have money, uh, you should give me some. If you don't have money, don't worry about it. But uh, that'd be great. Anyway, if you other ways to support the show, you can tell people about it. You can review the show on iTunes. You can get merch if you like T-shirts and stuff. There's Dork Forest T-shirts, Ranger T-shirts on JackieCation.com. They're all American-made here in the United States, so they run a little big because they're union-made, made by Americans. And um, all the prices include shipping, small through double X. I think I have a couple, 3X and 4X, but just email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. And we'll see if I have something in stock. That's the same with the hoodies. If you want a zip, a zip hoodie, because it's August. Now's the time. So, uh, other than that, let's do the credits. Forgot to do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard, sang it with his wife, Sarah. He'll sing again words he made up to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. There are premium episodes on that Bandcamp website where premium episodes are live episodes. So they're in addition to the one or two episodes you get for free of The Dork Forest. They're live episodes. They cost me a couple of bucks. So they cost you a couple of bucks if you want them. They are two bucks a piece. There's about 10 of them. And then there's a storytelling compilation. Those stories are a dollar each. And there's a bunch of free episodes of the old, old episodes of The Dork Forest that I just compiled some of my favorite episodes, like 17 or 20 of those. If you're super bored and you want to listen to blog talk quality. Other than that, stand-up comedy. My schedule is on JackieCation.com. And this week I'm in, I'm home. I'm doing a romance novel, uh, store in Santa Monica. And then next week I'm on the road with Maria doing Chicago and Minneapolis. So that'll be super fun. Then I'm going to go visit my dad. And there's that, the Amazon banner. Haven't talked about that on JackieCation.com. There's a white banner. It's a portal into Amazon. And doesn't cost you extra. You just order like normal, but Dork Forest gets a bit of a kickback. I'm sure I'm missing something, but enough is enough. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome. Uh, Jackie Cation here. Uh, I'm sitting here with Amy Dallin, the final in the Future Girl trilogy. I have collected them all. You have. It's a very Pokemon Go moment. <laughs> By the time this airs, I wonder if Pokemon Go will be over. I'm Remember sure the when haters. We were obsessed with Pokemon Go internet. Oh my god, it was weeks ago, you guys. <laughs> and uh, I'm not playing it myself. Are you playing it? Oh yes. Did you download it? Have you? Um, go ahead. You can be honest with me. Have you done it while driving? Uh, no. Oh, good for you. I've done it as a passenger. 
Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. Well, yeah. while being driven. So that, <laughs> that's the way to do it. But, uh, uh, I, I think, um, that's, it's, we're all going to die <laughs> is what's going to happen. But at least we'll go happy and entertain. Exactly. We will be completely numbed out by the video game of our choice and that'll be fine. There have been so many wonderful comments on it where someone was saying this is very clearly the beginning of a dystopian YA novel where the app pushes <laughs> us to do more and more illegal things. Mm. Um, that is hilarious, of course. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, my, uh, friend of mine, Brian Tatoski, I, w- I was looking at the GOP logo mm-hmm. for the GOP convention, which will have, I think, been over now. So, yeah, yeah. uh, we're living sure, in the future. Anyway, so there was, uh, but they have a guitar logo. And because it's in Cleveland where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> is. And so it's an elephant, it's balloons, and it's a guitar. And, the guitar, it's not, it's not what I think of when I think of <laughs> the, the crazy people at what's call it. So, uh, the GOP. But my friend Brian Tatoski said, oh, it's, it's a, it's a metaphor for like, uh, the, playing the fiddle while Rome burnt. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ooh, nailed it. Stuck, stuck the landing in one, my friend. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I've digressed into that. Let's talk about more cheerful things, which is your dorkdom, Amy Dallin. Uh, you are on website at Enthusia, nope, Enthusi Amy. E N T H U S I Amy. Cause your name's Amy Dallin. And, uh, Future Girl, of course, is at Future Girl Show. And, uh, you are the, the final Future Girl that I'm having <laughs> until the next season and you bring more Future Girls into we, the, we'll, in, we'll in, into ensemble cast. Force expands. them all on you. It'll be amazing. It's great. So I, I'm excited about it because you guys are all, you're dipped and you're all multifaceted dorks and it's great. You're <laughs> diamonds of dorkdom. And, uh, so there's many things that are happening, but it's all different. So it's cool. Uh, first of all, the list you gave me is this exceptional. <laughs> But tell, I, I'm just going to cherry pick the things I want to know sure. about. Here's a video game from the 90s that I never played. LucasArts Loom. All right. That's, I put this on partly as a joke, but I... I you I, did enjoy it? I make the half-serious argument that it is the greatest game of all time. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, well, I will make the half-serious argument that Two Weeks Notice is the greatest movie of all time. And I will be wrong, but not to me. Inside my head, the yeah. deepest, darkest part. So tell what is Lucasfilms or LucasArts Looms? So LucasArts did a bunch of adventure games in the 90s, which were fantastic. They did the Indiana Jones games. They did one called The Dig, uh, which was like a Mars adventure thing. Okay. Uh, and they did this game called Loom. Uh, which was a totally combatless, essentially what I would now think of as a puzzle and story game. Okay. But as a kid, I just thought of as a magical universe that you could go to and oh, it figure was super things open. out. Uh, well, oddly, it, it was very much on, on rails. Uh, okay. It was, it was, you were dropped as the, like, the shameful kid of this little village and all of the elders who are debating what to do with you um, they, they disappear in a weird event that you don't understand. I mean, you hear like the voice of your mother right. and you're basically left <laughs> all alone in your little village, like trying to figure out what to do and what's wrong with you and all of this. And your village is the guild of weavers. Um, okay. and weavers are the magic users of okay. this world. Uh, and you, the threads of time. Yes. Anyway, it's, it's extremely, there's a, yeah, there yeah. was a, there was like a 30 minute audio drama on the CD-ROM that I got that came Sweet. with it. Sweet. Um, that was, I was just like, nothing has ever been as intense as this world. <laughs> um, and so there's a very dramatic disappearance right at the beginning. They leave you alone. And the, the thing that I love in this game is that like the way the story and the mechanics interact, cause you pick up your staff and then what you do is you learn, I think, um, what are they called? The the particular weaves are the the spells. 
Okay. Like you you encounter things in the world that give off a series of four notes. Like doo, musical doo, notes. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, it's Your spooky mist like. It's, is yeah. there is there no one in this world? It is you just you. You eventually meet people, but it takes a while. You have to get off your island and go to the mainland. Right. Um and and meanwhile, every time you hear one of those sequences of four notes and you can play the game on different difficulties, you yeah. can uh, because your staff is an octave. Okay. Uh and you can either have like the octave below it showing you like a musical staff with notation or you can have just the colors lighting up on your staff if you wanted to play harder and you have okay. to catch them and remember them and when you choose that same sequence of notes yeah. uh you can do a spell like changing the color of something or opening something. Okay. And then as you go through the game it's like to solve some of these puzzles you would have to realize oh if I play it backwards open will become close. Oh um, my god. So you're you you're picking So it's up- like Ocarina of Time but amazing. <laughs> but like yeah. much more complex and, music and interesting. Is magic is the foundation of that whole thing and right. and you just wander around like your name is Bob and Threadbear. Bob and Fred Threadbear? Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Um cuz you're like the, you're a the terrible little weaver kid. Yes. Um and it it's it's Utterly, and you, you end up like fighting the forces of chaos themselves, which are trying to destroy this world. And okay. Because the weavers were keeping like the, the, the tapestry of the world intact. Ah, uh, fair enough. So, sure. Yeah, LucasArts is loom. Oh my god. <laughs> and how big is it? Is it, is it a long game? Is uh, it blessedly I, intense for a, a while? I think like. How long did it take you to play it? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I don't think it really takes that long. I think as you're a kid, you can put like many, many hours into you're, it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're in for the duration. I haven't like done it back to back as an adult to see if I could zip through the whole thing in six hours or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but you played it for weeks when you were a kid? We or played you play- it over and over and over. Oh, fair enough. And that was the, the thing. Like we would just go back and start. Excellent at the replay. <laughs> oh, cool. Like my sister had gotten to it first, so she had filled in all the little spells in the book. Like, okay. Because of course it came Helper. along with a book. Yeah, um, of and, course. And, and and, but but what was cool is uh, I'm trying to remember if this was one of the ones where they were different every time or if I'm thinking of a different game. But like I, her things weren't always useful to me. Uh, I, I had to keep my own notes, and plus that was cheating. So I could, right, right, like, you, you, right. That would be terrible. It, it's the walkthrough of the '90s <laughs> is when was, somebody plays it first. Yeah. <laughs> there was only one place in the entire game where you could get stuck. Like, oh, really? It was amazing. There was literally only one thing that you could do. And we both, my, my, like, my brother eventually played it too, but like, my sister and I found it, uh, independently. The one way that you could totally, like, mess Screw yourself, yourself over in that game. And, and then have to start <laughs> over? Uh, we, we did. I'm trying to remember what the save setup was because I remember, like, just, just despairing the first time because it was right. like this, this game where you just couldn't mess yourself up irrevocably in any way until you were almost to the end. Um, and yeah, if you got wow. too fancy. You could shut yourself in another realm forever. Oh, that's weird. Remember the Moon Pearl? I don't know if you remember the, What's the it, Moon it, Pearl. Well, it was a Zelda game. Um, they, um, it wasn't. It wasn't the Phantom. It wasn't the Phantom Hourglass. It was the one before that. It was the four. The it was the the four different worlds. It was. I can't remember the name of it. It was an amazing episode. But I I had lost the Moon Pearl and I was stuck as a rabbit in the oh. other dimension. Oh, no. And uh, I, I missed a, a date with my current husband because of it. I was like, "Hey, I'm late. Uh, I was stuck in the in in the in the dark did, world did as a bunny." And well, he's a game designer, so he was like, "Oh, I know that game." And I'm so sorry for you. Anyway, you here's here's. Uh, do you want to know? And I was like, "No." And so I fiddled and diddled, and then I probably asked, "Yes." So that is well. That sounds like a fascinating game, quite honestly. And Lucas Arch was it Japanese invented or uh, do they? I believe any, any idea? I believe it was just U.S. The, the folks out. I don't know if they were at ILM or somewhere else, but it was like the the, the little game making division of Lucasfilm at the time. Wow. I think. 
Um, which means I think Disney now owns the rights, which means I should be getting to watch my big budget loom movie. Right. Any when will the, now. any minute now <laughs> it shall arrive and you'll be like, Oh, thank God it's come. It was and just like, it was, it trained you in music and it made you think creatively. And all of those things were inherently tied to the story. And it just ruined my standards for every other video game. Right. Like, which is your argument of why it's one of the greatest <laughs> games ever. Yeah. Which I think is valid. I mean, the first, I used to do a bit about it, but the first big game that, I mean, I played Uprights forever. I just played a regular, like, sort of Galaga, you know, uh, Pac-Man, and, and that's what mm-hmm. I grew up with. And, and I liked Joust and, and Gorf and all these things, but it was the, when I, when I started playing PC games and, um, and, and handheld games, the first thing was I got that big gray brick. Of a, of a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And it was Final Fantasy Legend. And I believe, I always thought it was the first one, but I think it was the first one. I've been corrected so many times <laughs> by people who know. And, I didn't play uh, one till seven, so I, I can't, uh... Okay, yeah. So it was, it was clear, it was two, I'm told. Huh. But it was the first American release, Final Fantasy Legend. I still have it. It is enormously hard. It's five different worlds and you go through this tower and you go into each world and you learn the secrets of those worlds and then you defeat the head of that world and then you go through the tower and you go to the next world and there's cloud worlds and one of the greatest levels that blew my mind and I spent just weeks in it and then when I would replay it I just was like I just want to go back to that world mm-hmm. and wander it was a it was a just a nuclear powered devastated world where you had to find a motorcycle so you could navigate the underground uh-huh. and so you could make it around and there was a a giant like bird not an eagle but like a like a like an eagle but with a giant one and you couldn't fight it because you would never win so all you could do it would hit you and then you would have to find a subway tunnel to get away from it and then you're like because you would have to go back up to the surface to get your bearings to find the library to you know to to get through that level and because you had to find a certain book and you had to do these things and yeah it was uh to open the next level of the tower and it was just a puzzle and there were and there were bad guys in the basements in the in the tunnels that you fought but it was Oh yeah, it was final. It blew my mind, and it and it brought me to a whole new level. And so, whenever I played like Zelda and stuff after that, I was like, "Yeah, this is hard, but it's nowhere near Final <laughs> Fantasy Legend, which took me eight months, twelve hours a day. You oh, know, I just I literally amazing. would sit there for a gajillion hours just playing it. And I that's why I I, I don't play any any console games now because <laughs> I know that I'll. They're so dangerous. I've missed so many of the, like, my, my claim to it being the greatest game is, is asterisk because there's so many that I haven't played yet because I'm afraid that, like, 600 hours later I will emerge right, looking right. into the sun. Like, <laughs> exactly, as a zombie. And you're just like, ah, these are my eyes now. <laughs> and, uh, I know, I, the last two I tried to play were probably eight years ago when it was the first portal. Oh, boy. And, oh, uh, yes. and the, and Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Awesome. And I, which was a, a acrobat, you know, acrobaty kind of uh, fighting game, which I sucked at both of them because I didn't, I was unwilling to spend the 14 hours to learn how to pl- use the joystick to mm. learn how to use the controller. And so I would just essentially just watch our nephew play them. And that was fun too. You know, that's why those YouTube channels are very popular. I have friends who are like, why would you want to watch people play video games? And I was like, that's what we all do. It's incredibly fun. It's incredibly entertaining. Look look at that guy. I remember standing behind people in, in arcades and watching them play just because they were really good at it. You're like, Oh, that guy could play paper boy. He hits every single window and he knocks (laughs) everything, lands the paper right there. And that guy's a welcome mat every time. (laughs) So, uh, I have co-opted that topic. 
No, there crazy. we go. And uh, so now I'm going to argue for finishing Portal though because it does. Wait. It's very similar to Loom in the way that like it's just a marvelous teaching game where they give you the tools one piece at a time. Like and and it's also just so funny. Yeah, which I didn't realize was a thing I valued like that yeah. much until like I went back through and it was just like. The, the, the world and the sense of humor in that game is so incredible. Yes, yes, I have watched it played through. So it's, uh, uh and so I, I, we have it. So, cause Andy was working for PlayStation back nice. then. So it was, he would get the games and, though he had to buy the console. Uh, it turns out they <laughs> don't give you, it's right. He made, he worked on God of War 2 and 3 <laughs> and they're like, maybe you can have a free copy of the game. No. No, as a matter of fact, and then he worked at Disney and he made these app games, uh, this app game called For Cars 2, and he had to buy that as well. And you're like, huh, <laughs> video game companies, guys, feel free to pony up and give your the people that are working 75 hours a week uh, the toy. They'd be like, gee, does my game work? I don't know. I don't know. Can't I find guess out. You only, have the, you only have the build. You don't have anything else. And uh, so, okay, so I was going to ask... We're going to go specifically, we're going to do games then. The, the, what Star Wars RPG are you playing? Tabletop RPG, role playing it. That was a, uh, so I'm, I'm terrible actually. I've been, I've been sitting in on the last couple of sessions because I think Heather mentioned when she was here, uh, we were in a big Star Wars group together and we recently converted from the old West End game to the new Edge of the Empire, uh, mm. system. But I haven't actually converted my character yet. So I've just been ah. kind of sitting in on the last couple of sessions while they get into a bunch of trouble on Coruscant. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, so I'm really excited to learn the new system. But we have been playing because our DM has just had his West End books for Decades. a million years. Yeah. And, like, it was great because it it we started it a couple of years ago. And it was, you know, everyone was... No one really stopped being excited about Star Wars, but it was a particularly fun time to like jump back into it. Right. Like, that, you know, I think it was just Clone the end when Clone Wars was ending. Yeah. And, um, like I, I picked my character because we had like recently watched the like the second, the final season opener or the one before, um, where a Falafian Jedi dies. And I was okay. like, she was cool. What was that about? And yeah. I'd like, so there's like two canon examples of them and there's no rules for them. And like, I have to figure out how to do that. That's but, perfect. Like, no, it, the, the, the source material doesn't even agree. They were like, they're, if you remember from the prequels, the, the Jedi, they're the ones with the like sort of, uh, weird, it, you, you can't tell whether they're wearing a weird hat or they kind of have tentacles on their head or there's oh, some right. sort of dreadlocks. Yeah. Um, uh, those are the Philothians, uh, Stas Ali and Adigalia. Okay. Um, and like the canon materials actually seem to kind of disagree on whether that's just a hat or not. Oh, so funny. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I, I maybe have a bunch of things coming out of my head. Um, did, did, did you, have you watched Star Wars Rebels? Have you watched? Have you seen Rebels yet? Oh, Rebels is actually the, I've only seen, I think the first two seasons. I don't think I got to see the, the third. If, if, even if there is one, but, uh, but yeah, what's, so what's the game mechanic? Heather was on, but it's a, it's all a blur. <laughs> so what, what, what are the, what are the game mechanics of the West End version of the Star Wars game? Is it, what kind of dice do you use? The what West you- End version is, uh, um, like tons of D6s. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. I, um, like champions or, or hero system. I'm trying to think now because we're always just like, I need five of them and I don't remember what we're trying to get. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but a lot of D6s, not, not, not other. 
Yeah, only one type, which is okay. Odd. Yeah, um, no. Someone um, check my facts. It might be a million D10s instead of a million D6s. You'd think that that's a huge difference, but I suddenly can't remember. <laughs> and no worries. Andy's got a his hero system uh, that he just did. He was writing a. It's called the HeroInstant.com. People, uh, it's all D10s. So nice. um, I like which the is idea. The more traditional, like flexible, like yeah. yeah. That's a, I mean, it, it's it's fun to roll eight D10s. It's you you can really rack up some good numbers. And as as proven by soccer, we like big numbers in this country. So, uh, <laughs> yes, D10s. And, and there was, uh, I used to play a lot of White Wolf, and those were sort of oh, okay. all very flexible, like, D10 systems. Right, I've mm-hmm. heard, yeah, I've heard about that, because the White Wolf one, they were all supernaturally, right? Yeah, they did, like, vampires a, a bunch and... of, yeah, they did the vampire, they did mage, they did werewolf. Okay, uh, cool. Some of those I pl- actually played, some of them I just read the rule books for, like, after long enough, it sort of blends together, you're like, did I actually do that? Or right, did I just or was sit I just... around reading all the cool character profiles? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. I have never even read any of the books and I play in all this stuff and I just play with people who are like yourself and have swallowed the books. And they're like, what are the stats on that? And they're like, well, let me look that up because I know where it is in this book because I like to read it before I go to bed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's, that is okay. And then I'm going to, we're just going to go through all of these because I want to. Uh, comedy nerd music, Jonathan Colton, I think is the king of portal. Right? Did he do the music for he Portal? He did Still Alive, the song that's oh. right at the end of Portal. Oh, that oath with the credits. Yes. Okay. It yeah. was one of the first times that my my brain was like things that I love collided into each other in some unexpected way that made me be like, "What? What? <laughs> what is possible?" What? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the the coolest new game I played, and there's a Jonathan Colton song at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I. Where did you? Uh, who is he? I don't know. I mean, he, the thing is, is, is I have heard his name a thousand times. People are like, you should go on his cruise. And I was like, it turns out I'm available to do things, but he hasn't asked me. Oh, so. you should have you. I, so he, the, the Joko cruise is one of those things that like, that's just, right. Joko. Yeah. Jonathan Colton. I think it started as a joke and now we just all actually call him Joko. Right. Sure. Um, and that'll happen. That's how, yeah. that, that's what happens with nicknames. <laughs> Uh, the, the Joko Cruise is one of those things that, like, I have followed eagerly for every year of its, its existence without ever thinking that it's reasonable that, like, I will someday go on that thing. Okay. Um, so I haven't actually been, but I have seen him on several occasions, and he's one of my absolute favorite performers. I just got really into him in college. He, uh... How long has he been doing the cruise? At least five years, at right? At least, I'm going to say maybe six or seven? Okay, pushing ten, maybe. Um, something okay. like that. All right. Uh, he, I, I, like, the timeline of this is probably really important because he is one <laughs> of those, like, not sure his career could have been possible without the internet, guys. Like, back oh, right. when we were all in the, in the wild times, when we were all downloading things and hadn't quite realized that was a bad idea, uh... I like was in college. PSA: and, Don't steal things. Yeah, don't, there you go. don't steal things. No, now, th- no, so no. Many Rangers, other options now. Rangers aren't. They're they're good. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, you know, so I apologize, Jonathan Colton. I have now bought all your albums and seen you several times. Oh, but fair. I did originally just download a bunch of your music. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, it, I was in college, and he like he went. I think first viral with his like folk cover of "Baby's Got Back." Okay. Uh, baby got back. What's the name of that song? Uh, yeah, baby got back. There we go. I added the definitely, <laughs> the definitely possession. ask me about music. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but he had. Uh, you may have heard some of some of his other like really spreading ones. Are uh, all we want to do is eat your brains. Okay. Um, Code so, monkey uh, and skull crusher mountain. Okay. Which, if so you haven't heard it, is a must listen. He does. He do like. R- 
does he do different, does it like Weird Al where he does different words to hip hop songs or does he write his own music Most and write of funny words? Most are originals. Okay. Um, and some of them are just straight up joke songs and some of them are like, you know, he has a song devoted to the Mandelbrot set because he went to Yale. So sure. he's some kind of genius in addition right. to just being a nerd. Right, he's overeducated. Guy. It's all yeah. working out for it's him. It's all working out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but so I, I think he was actually like working as a coder and then like doing music on the side and all this stuff. And then like some of his like weird takes something started going. And then we discovered that like when he did original stuff, like still alive for portal, this was years later, I'm jumping around in the timeline, but like there's his songs like can make you laugh and break your heart. And they're, they're my favorite kind of little story songs and okay. we can do different genres. Uh, like, and so many of his songs have different feels from each other, but they're all sort of centered in kind of like, uh, folky guitar slash rock thing. Like it, the, the, the zombie song, all we want like to do guitar is, rock? Brains is yeah. I, I'm not great with genres. So probably yes. Yeah. But. So guitars, but, but more of a beat. <laughs> is that um, sometimes yeah, that's sometimes, what I would call sometimes guitar more rock. on the folk side sometimes okay. more on the like it's a big anthem and we're all singing along kind of okay side. fair um, enough yeah uh, I, I just recently saw him at Largo and he's touring with Amy Mann now they've been writing songs together oh that's awesome it's fantastically yeah great uh, she, yeah she's kind of perfect yeah because <laughs> I uh, she's both of them I've heard of them because comics are giant nerds, and so they love Amy Mann. And then I did not know that Amy Mann and Jonathan Colton knew each other, but that makes perfect sense uh, because they're also huge fans. I could imagine they're fans of each other. I apparently they are, and I didn't like. I did not know very much about her music, so it was kind of going to this concert. Like I already knew I love Jonathan Colton, and right. I came out being like, "What the heck, Amy Mann? You're yeah, amazing!" Yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he has a bunch of albums. Yes. Um, he was doing a thing uh, for a while. He did a thing a week, which like one of those they might be giant style challenges where they just do something new over and over and over again. Okay. And some of the songs that came out of that have become some of his most popular ones. But he's like gathered those all onto big long CDs. And oh, good. Oh, he's, good. He's just fabulous. Wow. And then what happens on the cruise? I mean, you you've said you haven't gone to it, but what what have you? Known people like I, I know a couple people, many people who follow this show, Rangers of the Dark Forest, <laughs> go on that thing. And uh, matter of fact, uh, Colleen and Robert, uh, friends of Andy's from college, is uh, were um, they met on that cruise, and now oh. love was born. Oh my goodness! And it's adorbs. Anyway, but the uh, I besides obviously clearly some hooking up and some adult <laughs> beverages. It's, but it sounds like a floating. This is an excellent advertisement for the Joko. Sure, but oh. is it is it like a floating convention? Is it do people cosplay? What do you? I believe it's like a. I, I don't know how much cosplay there is. I believe it's sort of like a a floating convention in the mode of. Uh, like a that there are scheduled events like they they this was the first one I knew that was sort of like this like a fandom centered trip okay um, like I mean people have been doing that forever but it yeah. was the first one that sort of crossed my radar um and they chose like a cruise ship because it's so easy to organize logistics you don't have to be planning meals for everyone people have a lot of room to get away from each other but it's easy to find each other and find spaces for big groups so they do like nightly concerts. Okay. Um, and then like certain other hangout activities. Okay. So I think there's, there's some amount of like you get to kind of hang out with the various artists and folks who are there. Like Max Funcon? I don't like, know Max Funcon. Max Funcon is like that, but with comics and, uh, it's a maximum amount of fun that a convention <laughs> can have. That and, uh, <laughs> I only went to it once. I, there, I'm, uh, he, yeah, James, Jesse Thorne, Sound of Young America. Yes. I don't know. But what, uh, he, um, yeah, he has like a, a, a 
it's like a nerdist like kind of umbrella thing mm-hmm. and the comics come and you sit and you have lunch and dinner with uh, people who are clearly fans of people's comedy i went uh cuz maria bamford went and i am riding her coattails as far up the <laughs> the level that she'll let me i was like you can drop me off anywhere but i appreciate the ride and uh but we went and it was um it was very fun but it was people were very excited about the other comics and kept talking to me about the other comics and i was like no no that's no, I, I too am a fan of Mark Barron. And, uh, it's all great. Yes, we, but okay. And so, but it was intense. And so, I don't know. Is it, you don't know. You haven't been. This I is, this been. is such a weird, this sounds like a rabbit hole that I, we're, neither of us are going to get the answers on. I should probably call Colleen. Anyway, uh, but you also have listed the double clicks who Ooh. I did not know of until Brian Tatoski. Of the GOP joke that I told, opened the show with, he introduced me to the double clicks, and now I would, I think, if we hung out a lot, we would be friends. That, we're, we're pretty. I think that's pretty likely, actually. Yeah. I've met them now, and and they are so amazingly sweet, uh, and, and like they're just nerdy, smart, creative, funny, fun ladies, like, really good people. Yes, and um, and they they actually, I opened for them. They flew me up to Seattle and Portland to op- oh. open for them, and so I think they've done the Jonathan Colton co- tour or uh, cruise or whatever. Have? Yeah, but they're um, I like my current favorite song of theirs is um I don't it might be called This is my jam, but the line I love this is my jam. Yeah. It's how does it go? Uh, this is my toast. This is my knife. This is my toast, and this is my jam. Yes, it's yeah, it's a really great song. <laughs> it's so good. It's a, I don't care if you like to- toast. This is my jam. Yeah, yeah. And then they talk about toast and jam and a knife, and and it's adorable, and it's got a nice hook. It's singable, singalongable. It's fantastic. Yeah. Their stuff is so singalongable, and it's so like it's not an angry song, but you can sing it when you just like you're. Tired yeah. of anybody telling you what to do or how to be. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's like the, the sweetest, gentlest riot girl song in the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're probably listening to this episode. Well, so, well, hi guys. disclosure, they did the amazing theme song for Future Girl. Oh, there you go. I, 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 the luckiest, like, day of my life. They were like, yeah, sure, we know. This sounds cool. Like, Excellent. So, and by the way, I am speaking with Amy Dallin of Future Girl Show, and it's <laughs> at, say, say your handle. Enthusiamy. Of Enthusiamy. Like there enthusiast, but with my name on the end. With their name on the end. And then Future Girl Show is at Future Girl Show. And then you, you can watch all the shows on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, they're super fun. Oh, so, thank you so much. Yes. Now, what the heck? Let's go to Hamilton. Because <laughs> uh, did you hear that they that they filmed it? The original I, cast? I believe it, it, there was, the week. report was issued. The like, report was like, issued that they okay, were gonna. everyone can calm down. Uh-huh. We got it. Uh-huh. Right? That was the, the tweet that went out. Right. <laughs> so you haven't seen it either? No. Right? It's Let's just the, commiserate. <laughs> it, like, last fall, when, when the, the album came out, late September, and we all just started losing our minds, Yep. Uh, I have some friends who were very smart who were just like, I'm going to buy tickets for May. I'm going to make it happen. I don't know. Uh, between now and then, I'll figure out how I'm paying for a trip to New York. Right. But because Where the truth is, yeah. like, tickets are expensive, but especially back in September, like, they seemed crazy expensive at the time, but they, not compared to now. Well, now it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Now, I almost, and I've told this story before, and I did not buy it, but I almost spent $1,500 on one ticket without error hotel for myself. And then I called, uh, three of my friends have seen, wait, two of my friends have seen it three times each. Oh my God. And, um, and I was like, Hey, that's crazy. Right. And they both said, 
yeah, that's crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> and they're, they're like, what are you thinking? It's, uh, it's an amazing, it's a great play. It will also be a great play with other actors who will also be very good. And it's weird because like I've been attached to like original casts of Broadway shows before as a Broadway nerd. Um, and I, you know, if I ever was lucky enough to see them, where did you grow up? Uh, a, a couple of places, Northern okay. California, uh, North Carolina. Okay. Um, suburbs of everywhere. Okay. Uh, so lots of touring productions, which never bothered me. Right. It, they were excellent performers, and there was never a time that I was like, well, this is bullshit, because you're not the real Jean Valjean. You know? Right. Like, I, so it's weird that this is the time, like, and, you know, I, I, I got to see Wicked on a, a trip in college, and it was amazing, and three out of four of the leads were out with the flu. Okay. Um, and but it turns out, and, and there are a lot out, of great actors. Studies are fantastic. Right. It's like, not a freaking hobby. And, and, right. And, and, but it's just so funny. So that's, that's been me talking myself down for now, like eight months or however long right. that is of like, it's okay. When you get to see it, the people will be very talented and you have that cast album and the thing is sung through. So just enjoy it. He like, right. I, I instead bought two season tickets to the Pantages for the same amount of money that it would have cost me for (laughs) one ticket to Hamilton. And I'm going to New York at the end of um, July, first week of August. And a friend of mine supposedly has a telephone number where I can get $200 standing room tickets. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see the sexy, uh, Hamilton, which is the, the what they're calling the, his understudy who's taking over for him. Javier? Uh, I don't, Hamilton? I, oh, nice work. What, I, oh god, when, there you, you go. when you follow can you name, well on Twitter, you get in pretty deep. Right, yeah. right, cause I, I, I can name some of them, but I, I, and I have listened to it a gajillion times. And I'm gonna show you, I got this for my friend. You birthday. have the Hamilton! Right, someone gave me the Hamilton. My friend TJ Ford, uh, sent me this, um, sent me the book of pictures and lyrics and, <sighs> I haven't bought it yet, which is ridiculous. Uh, and it's just a very nice, uh, coffee table book about Hamilton and it's got backstory and what? The, the actual picture of the front of the Reynolds pamphlet. Oh, very nice. Which is entitled Observations on Certain Documents. It's just the the least sexy name for like a destroying scandal. Exactly. It's very, right. And I'm, I'm trying to reread the, the Federalist Papers right now and have been for about two months. Uh, it's going slow as, (laughs) and since it has not been a, uh, it was assigned in college and Mm -hmm. I read it then, but, uh, I have, I haven't read it since. I believe I read excerpts. Excerpts. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. I don't know that I've ever read the whole thing, although I did buy I was poly like, so I don't oh, know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was assigned, so I, I wouldn't recommend... I mean, it's super dry, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. It's about the Constitution. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Infinite arguments on what exactly it is and should be. Right. Uh, which somehow were still not enough to prepare us for 200 years of 40 trying years to interpret of, it. Yeah, trying to... Yeah. yeah. And it turns out it's a fluid document. Oh, God, why? Yeah. Why haven't I bought this? So who, uh, so who are your... Do you have... Like, I have a current... Uh, like I, 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 for a long time, it was founding father crushes that I would go through the the play, having different crushes on the different actors portraying these different founding fathers. And now I'm in a revolutionary world rabbit hole Ooh. where I'm learning more and more about each of these. You know, I because I I like the Civil War history, but I never liked revolutionary. That's my my war. dad, like he he raised us. I am all your as dad. Like borderline history yeah. junkies. You're my dad. Yes, there yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> Welcome. And uh, so, so for a while, it was. Uh, David, uh, what's his name? Diggs. Diggs, yeah. who, there you go. Who, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, please. Can you name all the characters and the, and the, and the actors? The or, actors? Wh- wh- uh, who do you got? 
probably the main ones. There's Renee Elise Goldsberry. I haven't ever tried to say any of their names right. out loud, out loud, so this right, right, go badly. You, right, exactly, because you've read them a thousand <laughs> yes. bajillion times. Uh huh. She plays Angelica Schuyler. She does. Okay. And that was uh, the 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 real revelation. Like Angelica Schuyler is amazing on the soundtrack. But it is one of those things where you suddenly realize how much you are missing. Where, like, the first time I saw her in one of the Ham for Ham shows. Yeah. Um, which I deserve infinite podcasts of their own on, like, what they're doing on a social media, on, like, a shared experience level with this show. Uh, right. Like, the, the Ham for Ham phenomena, all of this stuff that, like... Explain what that is for people oh, who may yes, not know. Um, so, we're, we're in so deep on this. Sorry. Uh, Ham for Ham, uh, so... When when Rent was the big phenomenon 20 years ago, they started, I believe they were the first show to do these sort of like rush cheap tickets where you could just line up because they were like, our show is about broke students. We feel bad that none of them can see it. So we're going to give away a certain amount of tickets um, to whoever lines up. Oh, that's cool. And like that Rent might have been the, what, the one of the first ones to maybe, do it. Maybe. Yes. Please check Apocryphal, my Apocryphal. Uh, but what the heck. <laughs> uh, but the I, I, what I had heard or that many people did the cheap tickets, but the, maybe they were the first one to do like when people started like lining up in sleeping bags days before, they were like, right. whoa, whoa, we were not prepared for this. <laughs> right. So they instituted the lottery, okay. um, which was the, like, there's too many people to to lining up for these cheap tickets, so we're going to enter everybody's name in a hat and pull somebody out, and, right. you know, 10 or 20 people get cheap front row seats to this Broadway musical. Yes. Um, and it was precisely because that was a very, like, it was a youth culture thing, and they were like, kids want to be on Broadway. That's amazing. We can't have them sleeping outside at 3 a.m. That's a bad idea. Right. Um. So... They, and 10 years from now, they're going to have real jobs and come and see real plays and pay $500 or $200 to see it. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how it works. It's so, excellent marketing as well as very supportive. Yeah. Of, it's investing in the future kids. and it, yes. it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's wonderful. Uh, so I, I believe like it was, I think it's pretty standard practice now to have some sort of cheap rush tickets that you do at the last second. Um, and you give them away before the show. And for the case of this show, those tickets cost $10 right. for one Hamilton. A uh, Hamilton for a Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because the lines for that, even when previews opened were so crazy, I'm probably telling you things you already know. Sorry. But not uh, everybody. <laughs> and I would, I, and I'm getting all kinds of info. So go, go deep. Uh, because the lines were just immediately crazy for this, because like the, the buzz on this thing started at its off Broadway run January a year ago. So by the time it opened, uh, in previews on Broadway in July of last year, people were already kind of freaking out. Um, and, so to entertain the people waiting in line to put their names in the hat to try to get the cheap tickets, right. Lin-Manuel Miranda started coming out a couple of times a week and doing a little sort of like the, I think, have you watched the video for the first preview where he just reads the opening of the Cherno book? No. Uh, the, the actual Alexander, it's great because it. Cherno was the guy who wrote the, 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 Biography that inspired him to write the musical, right? right. Yeah. And Cherno's the name of the author. Yes, Ron. Okay. Ron. I again don't know how to say it. Cherno. Cherno sounds right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, which is amazing because much like the the show, the the book is written with Eliza's perspective very much in mind. So the opening of the biography, it turns out, which I haven't read yet either, uh, is a is Eliza in old age walking okay. someone through her home and sort of. Uh, the, the perspective of a visitor who would always be given like a tour where she stops in front of the bust of Alexander Hamilton. Ah. Uh, and, and just kind of looks at him as her like old lady self. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, 
And it's great because Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is just a, a huge dork, like, tr- goes out there to read this as his improvised show for the first preview performance, like, giveaway, um, and, like, can't get through it without breaking down. Yeah. Because um, he's reading about Eliza Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. He now has just a really intense relationship with. Uh, yeah. And so that was so successful and so well received, and somebody filmed it and put it online. Uh, they started doing all of these little improvised shows uh, two or three times a week before right. the giveaway. Uh, and so it would go between having performers from the cast come out and do something or having guests from other shows come in or right. having, like, and Comics it was just like at like fans. four o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. they would just pull out like whoever was sitting around. But the, some of them got so elaborate, so that, elaborate that you're like, "Well, what are you do rehearsing the play? <laughs> How do you uh, you you all talk about nonstop? I know it's just because he's. I mean, you have to write the ham for ham <laughs> in addition <laughs> to writing this, and then he's on. He's doing sketches on different shows, and mm-hmm. he, I know he's inputting into that. And so, it, I mean, just the sheer enormity of content that he is producing each week is what. And those ham for ham things are on. Is it the Hamilton YouTube page? I think they may be now. I believe they 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 officially went digital at some point during the winter when they wanted people to not die of cold, like being outside. Right. <laughs> um, they, they tried an experiment with doing like a digital ticket lottery, and it crashed 18 million ways from Sunday, as right. you would expect. Uh, and I think they eventually got that working, but they kept doing the the digital Hanford Ham. The the first like six months of them though were just fans recording them on their phones and putting them up. And eventually okay. there were a couple of very dedicated people. I think Howard Sherman is one of them. And there's a couple others who like would make sure to be there for each one. And they'd be the like semi-official videographer for the ham for hams. Okay. Um, which would just go up on, on YouTube. Uh, uh, so just if people Google ham for ham, they will find a million videos or. Um, yes, I, I believe you will find many, many videos. And the four is a number four. If you're Googling ham right ham, ham. the number four ham. <laughs> And then uh, I did see also that there's the they were doing a behind the scenes like they made Leslie Odom Jr. Is that his name? Yes. Okay, who plays Burr? Mm-hmm. He had a camera. He had someone obviously with an iPhone, mm-hmm. and he had to do some behind the scenes. And so he invited other other Broadway, and they do so much crossover to other Broadway musicals. And the Tonys had them out singing other. Everyone's singing other musicals. It was so cool that, that, like, to to watch that stuff cross over, and to watch a how supportive they are of all of the other shows. B how people who aren't normally into musicals are discovering this. Uh, C how like th- there was the most adorable tweet from Lin Manuel Miranda. I I do have a hero worship problem with him. Uh, but like when the Grammys were happening, uh, and all of the theater kids were watching it. Like, just to see, because that was the first time they, they did that, like, live performance from the theater that they cut to in the middle of the Grammys. Okay. Uh, and it was sort of the first, like, we're going to see a piece of it in its actual thing. They're filming it as they go. Um, and they performed, prepared a special performance for that. But he had a tweet that day where he was just like, it's so great. Or the next day where he's like, to see all my theater kids discovering different types of music. Because they were watching just for that, and then they saw all the other performances of the Grammys, and they were like, okay. oh, some of this stuff is okay. Oh, there you Because go. it can be insular. Like, if all you listen to is musical theater, you're missing out on a ton of other music. So, right. Speaking of which, uh, if you, like, I, I, I'm the worst and don't know anything, especially about hip-hop until quite recently. Um, but... So there, all the references that are laced into Hamilton, uh, if you, like me, want to start figuring some of that stuff out, you can go on Genius.com, obviously, where they've annotated a ton of that. 
What's Genius.com? It's like a lyrics gathering site. I think it started as Rap Genius, and now there are all kinds of different uh, forms of music. Yeah, yeah. I hope you wanted this to just be all Hamilton forever. Sure. Um, uh, I want I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, go. But it, it was great because the... The thing about Lin-Manuel Miranda's public persona, and probably also his private mind, if we had to take a guess, is that he's very into the way fans interact with this stuff. Like, yeah. He's spoken to the fact that he wrote this show partly knowing that people are going to listen to the soundtracks in their cars because that's how you access a lot of this material, and that's how he did as a kid. You can't see every show on Broadway. Right. Um, he writes with that in mind, and he also writes with, like, he saves treats that none of us who've just listened to it are aware of because you won't see them until you see it on screen. Right. Um, but, uh... He knew one of the, he made an offhand comment in some interview in the fall when the soundtrack was coming out that he was like, I can't wait for the folks over at Genius to, to get their hands on this. Yeah. Because he knew that like they were basically dedicated week years, but for music. Right. Um, and they would go through and catch all the references. And it was great because they were sort of like, we have been blessed by the creator himself. <laughs> um, and to they do went this. nuts on it. And okay. it was like, there's, uh, there's amazing like links to both the historical sources in every song. Okay. And like, which is where you find things like, oh my gosh, that really is a letter. Like the, the misplaced comma thing is from a real letter. Uh, oh, okay. Like the, the comma sexting, except it was like the other direction. But it, it was like, <laughs> my dear sister, and the comma was between dear and sister. And it right. And was like, oh. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, they went nuts on that, kind of with his blessing. And it also helps you with some of the musical references and, and the hip-hop stuff. And I also, there's a Spotify playlist that Lin-Manuel Miranda put together himself, which is like his references... Uh, it's, I think it's like, in case you missed it, his playlist for Hamilton or something like that. Oh, wow. And so it, like sort of his influ- his hip hop influences, uh, he has a Spotify playlist? There's a Spotify playlist. It includes both like the message by Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel, which is the like, sometimes, uh, it's like a jungle out here. Sometimes I wonder how I keep from going under. Which oh, is right. what he uses for the bring the thunder line. Right, in right. The cabinet battle. Uh, and I apologize for that delivery. Uh, but it, like, that song is immediately followed by, uh, Pirates of Penzance, Modern Major General. Because oh, that's right. also a reference in Hamilton. Yep. And it's this beautiful, like, yeah, these Which are is all good because I don't and they get, stand on equal footing. Right. I, I don't get all of those influences, um, either. So I will clearly be going to genius.com <laughs> and finding out more about what the hell. And, uh, that's awesome. What, um, okay. So that's. So that's all the thing. That's one thing. Holy crap. <laughs> it's so I, I don't know. Like I like, all I know is his, is his, I have a current founding father, Ooh. uh, portrayal crush. Which one? On George Washington. <sighs> the Chris Sings, I think is his mm-hmm. handle. Chris is singing. I think Chris is singing. That's yeah, it. Like Chris Jackson. What's his real name? Jackson. That's name? it. Yeah. And, um, because I think his portrayal of, of Washington, the, the one last time is is one of yes. my favorite songs. That's it's, the one that like I haven't my, my dad the history buff. I mm-hmm. I have like dreamed of like making him sit down and just do a piece by piece Hamilton. Like all right, comment on this for me, right? Um, and, and and that's the one that I'm like I don't know if I can get him into like the founding fathers swearing at each other, but I'm pretty sure if I play one last time for him, he will be like I yep. This I'll is tell this. you something. The the best gateway drug to get people into Hamilton I have found is the Washington. Um, the the first time he does it for the, the general? Ob- no no the, when he when he performs for Obama oh at the at the White House yes. because first of all he has a haircut he's wearing a suit <laughs> and it's slam poetry but it's not and it is the story of Am- Alexander Hamilton's childhood and so I my brother is an econ professor mm-hmm. and he 
loves Alexander Hamilton. He finds the fed, he finds him, uh, important and, uh, and he, and he was, and he very important and historically. And, uh, so I made, uh, his wife and kids watch that. And that was an excellent gateway drug. I don't know that he's followed through on it. It's, um, but, but it's an excellent way to get into it. My favorite story about it is if you watch the Obamas, they have that smile on their face mm-hmm. where they have to sit and watch a lot of things. That's that. No, no, we're being filmed. Uh, I really hope this is good, but I will have this smile on my face for the entire time. And then about 40 seconds or a minute into it, Michelle Obama just sits up and leans forward. And it's so great. It's just a great moment of. That's, uh, have you seen, uh, there was a thing that was going around that was, uh, on Tumblr, I think, a side by side. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a. Uh... I can't remember if they're GIFs or just screenshots, but with captions up. Okay. And somebody posted this, and then Manuel Miranda reshared it. Uh, and his comment was, "They're gonna laugh. It's a, that's okay. Keep writing anyway, because it's a side by side, and it's a clip. I think from that first, like he's got his yeah. short hair. Um, and he's the the caption is Alexander Hamilton. Audience laughs. Yes. And it's side by side with a clip of him in full costume from somebody's like recording of something, and it's him like with his long hair and all of this. Alexander Hamilton, audience cheers and applause. Right. And it's, it's great because it's like, yes, that's exactly, they're gonna laugh. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Keep writing. Exactly. It's not like anyone didn't appreciate it that right. first time, but like that's, he, he took that moment that like could be inherently really goofy. But right. once you've got people. Right. Then that moment now is when well, everybody first loses time, their mind. Right. The first time you laugh because you've, you don't know anything about yeah. Alexander Hamilton. And now we all know way too much about <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. It's so weird. It's like that he should be the one of, like, I feel a little bit, a little bit bad for Jefferson. <laughs> like, oh my God. He's not having a great cultural moment. The last, uh, and he's deserving yes. it on a lot of levels. But. I'll tell you something. Uh, nobody had better pub than uh, Thomas Jefferson. What? Because the canonization of Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> when you look at the guy, like the more I read about him, I'm like, I know you wrote the Declaration of Independence, but like there was another, somebody had another book about him that I, that I just, I haven't started it yet, but the premise of it is, is how Jefferson and Adams became, um, revolutionaries because they wanted to separate from England because they wanted to steal the land from the Indians. And they, and, and the, and the British had, had granted all these land rights to the Indians. And the only way to do it was to, dissolve all of the rights of Britain over the lands that had been made. And then they could make mm-hmm. renew contracts so they could steal all the land. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, oh, just another black guy on, on St. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> and he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Maybe he was not... like abducted by aliens that day and replaced <clears throat> with the version oh, no. that we think he is. And then they went back to the normal guy. No, no, Sally, uh, oh. who was his girlfriend, right, and his slave, uh, they're, they're in Paris for eight years, mm-hmm. right? She has a couple children when they're in Paris. She wants to leave the kids there uh, so they can be free. Mm-hmm. He says no and says, I'll free all of our children when they're 21. He does not. Oh. So... One smack in the face after another, Thomas Jefferson. Why? Why? And why you do this? Why wh- you do this, founding well, fathers? Well, because founding they're people, you yeah. know, and some of them are dirtbags. But one one of my favorite stories is uh, there was because I've seen all the interviews mm-hmm. and Rangers. I know that someone has this skill, so uh, you know how to edit video, right? So I would like you to take all of the news clips of all of the plays 
the play and take all of those clips, put them in chronological order, and then make it one video. And then I think I will have seen the first act because I don't think. And uh, I remember the, the first time I was listening to the second album in the oh. in the thing, just crying, oh, driving yeah. and crying yes. about his son. I had to pull over. I was on my way to work, and I just sat there in my car losing sobbing, my mind. like just like, oh my god, I didn't know this happened to his kid. And then you're like, oh wow, 250 years ago. I'm crying about a real person who died hundreds of years ago. It's that true. Public knowledge that I'm like, what? How mm-hmm. does that? Like, ah, uh... it is. It is emotionally draining. But, um, but he was. They interviewed Lin Manuel Miranda, and they. One of the most fascinating things is, is he said that he was fascinated to look out into the audience and see Carl Rove, to see Dick Cheney. To see Obama, to see the Clintons, to see Jim, Jim Carrey, uh, probably, but probably <laughs> John Carrey. And, uh, but also Jim Carrey. It's never occurred to He's me that their last names are phonetically the same. Right. And, uh, well, you know, Jim Carrey did some excellent work in the State Department. And, uh, <laughs> I thought he was almost president. And remember when he was in the mask? Uh, <laughs> or mask? No, he was not in mask. He was in the mask. Okay. Mask so. Is getting a comic book side note. Right. So what do you, um, yeah. You like his, and I will admit this, that I was at an Indiana PopCon, which is a Comic-Con in in, in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, saw a Lin-Manuel Miranda cosplayer, took a picture of her. She was with another woman who was cosplaying as Harry Potter. They both nailed it. They looked, oh. the costumes were amazing. I tweeted it, CC'd Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he retweeted me. <gasps> That's right. It was, I felt, and I, you know. I meet famous people. I know that they're just people, but I felt validated in a way that you're like, a famous guy that I admire his work acknowledged me in a way that where he clicked a thing. And so it was I enough. have a friend who went to one of the signings and uh, like was tweeting about it a lot. Uh, his name is Sunil Patel. He's a wonderful writer. Follow him on Twitter, Ghostwriting Cow. Uh, uh, say his real name? Uh, Sunil Patel. P- Sunil Patel. It's just a, a super sweet heart of a dude. Uh, his live tweet of the first time he listened to Hamilton is one of my favorite things. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> which that, it's like a sub-hobby, just mm-hmm. watching people tweet their listens. It's It goes so deep, you guys. Uh but he went to a signing, and because he also follows him, because we all have a problem, uh, was aware that Limo Miranda is a Saga fan. Okay. So he yep. wore Brian a Lion Vaughan. Cat. Yeah. Yep. Brian Kevon, Fiona Staples. Uh, he wore a Lion Cat shirt to the signing. Nice. Um, and, like, was tweeting happily about, like, just met Limo Miranda. He complimented my shirt and yes. blah, 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 blah. And, and he probably won't remember, but it's so great. And then Lin Manuel Miranda was like, no, we totally had a moment. Yeah. Like, saw that response, shared his thing, and it was just like, Sunil, I can never talk to you again, and you're amazing. It's amazing. This is my friend TJ has a picture with David out the, <laughs> out the back door, uh, at the, at the, whatever, the, the Reynolds pamphlet. No, what's the name of the, <laughs> the theater? Richard Rogers? Yeah, Richard Rogers. I knew it started with an R. And, uh, so, it is, it is a phenomenon, and it's amazing. What a good guy that guy seems to be. Like he spends a fair amount of his time murder anybody because he's just great. (laughs) Well, I think I think he spends a fair amount of time working on it. You know, I mean, it's there's a certain point when you're that popular and that you're where you have to be self aware enough to go. Oh, I seem to be a role model. I don't know how. And you can use your powers for good, and you can use your powers for evil, and you can secretly use your powers for evil, I guess. But, um. But I don't think he has time. Right, I don't know when. He's doing everything in public. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's being filmed. Just uh, powers for good. Yeah. So it seems pretty great. Well, we, yeah, we could talk about comics. So you're uh, clearly reading Saga. 
Uh, yes. And, um, th- that is, yeah, that's an amazing trip. Trip. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are you reading Bitch Planet? I love Bitch Planet. Kelly DeConnick. Uh, and. I've gotten to meet her now several times and she's super lovely. That's great. And then, um, what else are you reading? What else are you liking? Let's see. I, uh, I try to read a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I, I work at a shop. Oh, so do you? Do you work at a, a comic book store? I do. Uh, I work at a shop in Burbank and have for about eight years. Which one? Um, House of Secrets. House of Secrets. Oh. I, I was just at Blast from the Past. Oh, lovely. They just moved to the big location. To the big location. They have a stand-up comedy show now. So that's how big that location is. That's awesome. Uh, right. We need that in Burbank. There we, you go. We, we are small. We don't, like, I, I have often, I love Meltdown, and I have, have envied that how much they're able to do with that space. Right. Because we've we've had special events at the shop before, but, like, there, there's nowhere to put it. Right. Audience. Um, I have my pull list over at Earth too, nice. over on Sherman Excellent. in Sherman Way. Yeah, Sher- Sherman Oaks. Well, I, now I want to know everything you're reading. But uh, are you reading Squirrel Girl? I am reading <gasps> Squirrel Girl. I love it it's, so uh, much. It is uh, a little overwhelming with the annotations <laughs> on the bottom. I have taken. I am sorry, Squirrel Girl. To skimming Squirrel Girl. Oh. Some people are, are dipped. Are you dipped? Are you reading? Are you consuming all of it? Oh yeah. It's it's uh, no, it's a problem because I. I do everything in big bursts, so I'm perpetually a couple of issues behind on everything that I'm reading because I'm trying to read everything in the world and sure. mostly failing. Um, but well, there's too many. We, I, we have we have stacks it's and such stacks a wonderful of comic time. books. There's so much stuff coming out, and just my my plea to listeners: if you don't think there's anything for you in comics, you are wrong. Right. I'm happy to say there is stuff you're gonna love. It might be superheroes, even if you think it isn't. It might not be superheroes. There's tons of stuff that isn't superhero that isn't, out there. Right. If you like sad sack slice of life stuff, oh my god! I just discovered Alex Robinson. Okay. Box is office that... poison. Have you read this? No, which one? Uh, box office poison. Okay. It's it's from like uh, 10, 15 years back, but they just did a new edition, top shelf, uh, and it's it's all like. A, a, his 90s indie comics about like slackers in New York okay. uh, having bad relationships with each other. But right. like, uh, there's this sub thread of a guy who's a comic book fan who gets a job with like an old golden ager. Okay. Um, who's, like this little crusty dude who mm-hmm. uh, like, so it's, it's got comics history and love tied in with the sort of like, Oh, it's, it was just whatever. Like it's like 600 pages and I could not tear myself away. Oh my God. Yeah, that sounds not for me, but I'm glad <laughs> that you've that. That's wonderful. Andy Kindler loves uh, like Crumb and oh, nice. uh, all the sort of just like no, no. I I know those people. I can't <laughs> hang out with that guy. And uh, so I in, I am a story junkie. So some of the more sort of artistically daring ones, like if you don't have characters that hook me, then I appreciate you, but I'm less likely to like get lost in your work. right. And some people are sucked into the art. Yeah. And some people the art is distracting, and they like the prose. Yeah. And um, I like um. I, uh, I'm liking Autumn Lands. Are oh, you doing I've heard the first Busiak? couple issues and I love it, but I it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing Kurt Busiak and Astro City and um, Autumn Lands. And artist was, Benjamin Dewey, I think is, is on that. Oh, that's very, that's I think the tragedy I'm series learning. on Tumblr, which okay. is Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Cause I'm trying to learn more of the artists and, and cause I, I tend to lean toward the writers, you I know? I think my, my first uh, big love was Ed Brubaker. Uh, and uh, are you reading Velvet? I love Velvet. That's uh, And Velvet, of course, is uh, sort of a James Bond lady thing. But it's like, um, what if secretly the most dangerous agent at that uh, at MI6 was uh, Moneypenny? Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of a, her That's name is the Velvet premise. Templeton. And yes. it's like some, some, some shit goes sideways and she kind of has to step up and, and like use her training. And, and jump out of a window. Like, oh. Holy, nice work, Ed. That's so good. Ed Brubaker, friend of the show, has been on the program. Oh, that's and, lovely. 
Yeah, yeah. And and well, he should again. <laughs> uh, I don't know when that will happen. Hey, Ed, but come back on the show. That's it. So, um, yeah. So, okay, so you in the midst of all this. So, by the way, the F- Future Girl show is on Geek and Sundry. Oh, no, actually, it's up- on my YouTube channel. Oh, I do other on- things with Geek and Sundry. Oh, that's it. Um, But Future Girl is something we just made ourselves. Oh, oh good. <laughs> oh, we're independent. Yeah. So, but let's, but I was going to say, you said something was on Geek and Sundry that was a vlog? It was yes. a song about S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> what is that? I just sent that as an example of, I don't know. Uh, So, I, a, a few years back... Geek and Sundry, which is a, a lovely nerd channel created by Felicia Day, uh, one of my heroes, obviously, for wearing 18 different hats and being a giant nerd. Okay. Uh, she, and, and now, as I know in person, a super lovely woman. Uh, cool. She created Geek and Sundry. It's a home for all kinds of different nerdy content. And a couple of years ago, they started up a sister channel that was Geek and Sundry Vlogs. Um, and that was not a format I had ever worked in, um, vlog with a V. Uh, meaning video blog yeah. or video log or whatever. Whatever that is supposed to stand for. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, they, I had, I knew some of those folks through the shop and through being on season one of Tabletop, uh, as like the token normal person, which I, I will forever be proud of. I'm like that random person that no one knew from anything. <laughs> um, uh, but one day, <laughs> one day you will rise above them and then you will come back and say, now, now you want me. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> that sounds so intimidating. Um, but, uh, they were, they knew that I worked at the shop and that, like, I spent my whole day talking to people about comics, uh, and that I was, uh, like a performer and they asked if I would want to do vlogs about comic books. Uh, and that was a, a revelation because it was the first time I had sort of, I've always been a performer and a fan, but I had never sort of really, like, created something that I showed to anyone else. <laughs> of your own. Yeah. yeah. And so even though they were mostly So that's like, encouraging. I mean, it, it was it was, really, it was like encouraged a separate part of your creativity. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of helped it blossom or or it become bigger. Did. It did. It, it and it turns out well, like that's you need know, of them. Well done, Geek and Sundry. Very very supportive. Never really going to be able to pay that back. Um but so they cuz they were very much like little personal monologues about like what are comics like, what do you recommend? And then it gave me space to do sort of weird whatever I could think of. So when the the Agents of Shield show was about to come on, I wrote a ridiculous song about what the acronym stands for and how it's changed <laughs> over time. Excellent. Um, and, th- and that was the thing that I made and put on the internet. There you go. Not so have been brave enough to do. There. You, mm-hmm. So uh, f- I will link that in the notes, you guys, because <laughs> that sounds important. I think that we all need to see that. A moment of silence. And uh, so that is that is great. I was oh, I was going to ask you because I did do I just interviewed a guy at. This indie popcon, and his name was Ronald Wimberly, and he has an Eisner nominated book out, and that he wrote and drew, because he's an artist. Yes, he. Uh, which Lighten one is he up. nominated for? Oh, his strip for the nib. That sounds it was, like right. nonsense words, but right, it was his strip for the nib, you guys. <laughs> and but it was about essentially the the drama that he was he was drawing and coloring um for Wolverine. And they told him to lighten Wolverine's girlfriend's skin. Mm. And he was like, well, you told me she was half African-American and half Latin American. So that's what that is. And they're like, well, she's actually half white, half Latin American. And he was, and he goes, wow, that's, that's weird. You know, I, 
I drew apocalypse and I made them violet instead of purple and you didn't care. <laughs> Interesting. And so he, he, so on that, on, on the episode of the dork forest, which I'm sorry to tell you is a $2 premium, you guys, cause it was a live episode. Like, the dorkforest.bandcamp.com. You, you have $2. Dollars. I have to go. It'll be fine. And uh, it's not going to kill you. So the, uh, but it was a fascinating story about him talking to Marvel about it and, and going, guys, <laughs> I remember no. reading that. It was a really like, I don't know that he'll win the Eisner. Poetic piece. Uh, yeah. I, I'm very excited because a graphic novel of his is coming back into print. Um, an older uh, one. That's one that right. He did a few years ago, Prince of Cats. Prince of Cats. Which, oh, that's of right. Weird combinations. It is a like an a comic book set in an urban city where they are acting out Romeo and Juliet, but from the prince the point of view of Tybalt, Prince of Cats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, it's some of the most beautiful art I've ever seen in that book, but I haven't been able to sell it to anyone for years because it was out of print. So thank you for printing that again. I think it's image. Uh, might be, might be. That sounds right. And uh, but Prince of Cats, you guys find that in addition to a thousand other things that uh, obviously <laughs> that everyone should always be reading. Always be A B R. Yeah. What would always be consuming? Uh, I don't know. A B C. So. I have to say this, Amy Dallin, is that we could probably talk for another three hours, but it has been an hour. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> right. Don't be sorry. This is uh, exactly how it is supposed to be done. <laughs> Rangers know better. It's uh, I have been talking with Amy Dallin, you guys, who is at? Enthusiamy. Enthusiamy. And uh, the third, collect them all, of Future Girl, the TV show, on the YouTube. And go to at Future Girl Show on Twitter to find out uh, more updates on that stuff. And go to probably Future Girl Show, YouTube.com slash The Future Show. Uh, YouTube.com uh, slash Amy Dallin is where oh, the show is. is where the show is. Yeah. So, slash Amy Dallin. There you go. Uh, that is good times. We have uh, scratched the surface of your very awesome long list <laughs> of dorkdoms. So thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Good. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?